What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. embarrassing day easily the most embarrassing moment that I've ever had as a Colts fan and how ironic that on Sunday you have the most humiliating loss in franchise history and then on Monday literally a national championship is being played someone is raising a trophy on your field on Monday night, the day after. That sucks. That's crazy. I mean, shout out Indianapolis, by the way, for hosting the college football playoff. What an amazing, uh, amazing sports town. What an amazing just event that they put on everybody. It was beautiful. Uh, But we're not here to talk about college football. We are here to talk about the Indianapolis Colts who lost to the worst football team in the NFL. Y'all know what it is. Welcome to the Blue Stable Podcast. As always, I am Michael Terrazas. Joined by me is Destin Adams, Rashad McGinnis. Rashad, I got to start with you first, then we'll go to Destin. Well, I assume we're already over it by now. We, we've moved on from it, and now we're just looking forward. But recapping, Colts, we didn't have a preview episode. I, I, I did one, of course, uh, by myself, but you just had no worry about this game. You shouldn't have had any worry about this game. And you walk out of Sunday humiliated. Yeah, I was just uh, as confident as anybody. Like, going into the game, I I figured it was no way these uh, Jacksonville Jaguars could beat us, even though they've beaten us, as the world loves to remind us, seven straight times, you know, in Jacksonville. The last victory, I believe, was in 2014. It was no way the worst team in the NFL can beat this Colts team. Because one one hallmark of the Colts was all season up until that point, they haven't lost a game to a losing team. You know, they, they played, and the games they did lose was tough games to playoff caliber teams. And that was always respected. And, and I, I praise that about this team, that this team didn't play down to their competition all season. 
They rose up to occasions, whether they won or lost. It was either a tough game or they was blowing someone out. That loss is, it was sick. It was sick, man. Uh, we jumped right on the Twitter spaces afterwards. That that kind of relieved a little bit of it. But after we got off Twitter spaces, man, I was absolutely sick. I'm not even going to lie. I didn't speak to nobody. I didn't answer my phone. I didn't look at anything royal blue. I didn't uh, touch anything with a horseshoe on it. I'm still, <sighs> I'm over it, but I'm not over it. I couldn't even enjoy the national championship uh, last night, man. It, it was just difficult for me to watch any type of football. Um, I don't know if y'all noticed, but I shift my allegiance to the Rams. I'm not a Rams fan. Go Rams. I'm trying to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, big bro, if you hit this, I'm sure you're going to hit it. Where Where's the just plus say, one? You say, hey, man, <laughs> I could get you to L.A. My, you know, bro, stay in L.A. So I can get you to L.A. I get you a place to stay in L.A. Luxury hotel? I you a, I no, by my brother's house. That's the luxury hotel. Oh. <laughs> he, he has a mansion. He's living good. So we're going to go over there. Pool, bedside. Oh, yeah, pool for pool, sure. Yeah. Poolside margaritas and everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So, you know, I could get us to L.A. I don't know all if I'm I saying, get us in the All I'm saying is if I hear that you have two tickets. <laughs> don't uh, make uh, me choose uh, between y'all. Oh, you don't no, gotta choose. No, I, you don't I, gotta actually, choose. It's me. You really don't have to choose. Be, you don't. You, you really don't have to choose because Destin is a dad now. He actually has a responsibility oh, to cater to. So, so unfortunately, no, so he's out of the actually. Room. So actually, I would need to oh, go so, so I can have a story. So, but this is how it is. I would need to be the one to go so I can have a story to tell my oh, son oh, later in life Jesus. about the time that his uncle Rashad. <laughs> <laughs> That's just going brownie points right now, man. He's doing you, good. You can't offer uncle shift. You can't, Michael. That's it's a just, fact. It, it's not in the cards for you. I can't offer uncle ship. Who else not is going to Who else is going to teach y'all kids how to lay down flooring? How to paint? You can be a. You to, you can be a uncle. You just can't make Rashad one right now. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, anyway, anyways, we're getting off topic. All right. People oh, don't. Oh, wanna, yeah, yeah, People true. don't want to hear that's about uh, Dustin. Dustin, how do you feel? I'm sick. I'm sick about it. So people don't want to hear about Dustin's the days opinion. of our lives. <laughs> I, what I tweeted out during Sunday was that I felt like I was going through the stages of grief throughout the game, throughout the day. I, I remember just being in shock about halftime. I remember being in denial when the second half started, thinking that it was all going to just go away. I remember just going, skipping every other step into anger by the end of the third quarter where I had no belief that this was ever going to change that the game was over, um, which is nuts to say that you didn't just lose to this Jaguars team, that you, you got beat so bad that it felt like it was over before the fourth quarter. And that, that's just how I felt mentally. I don't know where you guys were during it, but I just, I did not feel like this team had a chance to come back. They just had no life. They had no energy to come out flat. Like they did is just crazy. I understand that they, they lost Brock early. Kenny may have been playing a little hobbled, but just so many guys just did not play up to their standards. And they know that. And we've heard that throughout the week. Now, if you would have asked me to react and we did, we got on the spaces and we talked, I feel like I, said some things that I probably don't think now um, in my opinion based. Like if you take me back, I would not have the same feelings, but I, I've had a couple of days. I've moved from anger into laughing about it a little bit. Like, Holy crap. How'd we do that? 
Um, like we're just that. Um, I, I can't wait to hear about it all off season um, when the Colts are brought up in the NFL. Like that's what'll be talked about. But I mean, you have to take it on the chin. Yeah, you were the worst team that day, and move on. I I think it, it's gonna be all right. The Colts don't go away. Um, we've seen bad seasons, um, and this team just finds ways to bounce back. Um, we have the right people in place to do so. So I, I think it's all going to end up being all right. And let, let's go ahead and jump into just a couple of parts of the game and really just storylines that are going to be, you know, headline moving forward. First thing I want to talk about, it's not going to be Carson Wentz. Trust me, guys, it's going to be right after this conversation. But <laughs> the most embarrassing part of, yet, or, uh, of Sunday's game was how bad and poorly we played in the trenches. We got absolutely manhandled in the trenches. That was embarrassing. Braden Smith has, yeah, he's dropped off. Like he mailed it in after the Patriots game. He, he just mailed it in. He has not been good at all the last three games. D- d- does, you know, does COVID have anything to do with that? I, I don't know. But Mark Glowinski, in my opinion, going back, I think he probably had the best year overall out of everyone on the line, the most consistent overall year out of everyone. Ryan Kelly, we know what he was dealing through, what I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. Quentin Nelson got absolutely moved yesterday by no names. Eric Fisher being asked, we know, we, we know what to expect with him. And good God, he better not step foot in the, in the state of Indiana again. So the, the, then the defensive line, they're missing two starting offensive linemen. They're starting a rookie, and they're starting another guy that got cut off of three other rosters. And you can't beat anyone. There was no type of resistance against that offensive line. Trevor Lawrence had all day. He went, what, 12 for 12 at one point. He had all day, all night, everywhere to throw all the time in the world to throw and i'm i that that was just so shocking to me like i was numb to that game going into halftime like like destin said you felt like it was over before the fourth quarter i agree like we're not doing anything up front run the damn ball run the damn ball run the damn ball where run it where when no one will man up and give a push to guys that are not better than them. Sunday was an embarrassment for Chris Strasser and Brian Baker. That was an embarrassment, and everyone on both of those lines should be evaluated, and their future with the Colts should be in jeopardy. Um, uh, absolute pathetic effort, man. Start to finish, we didn't lose on a – a field goal as time expired. We got our ass kicked from start to finish. Uh, the, the offense came out and set the tone immediately. When they converted those first two third and long situations, I knew it was going to be a long day for this defense. Uh, it seems like for some reason we play Jacksonville the same way. This was very reminiscent of the Gardner Minshew game to open up the season last year. I remember Mike flipping out. Uh, on different times when Eberflus played those soft coverages. And it did look like he got away from that in the later, the middle part to the later part of the season. And then it kind of went right back to what it used to be. You know, it wasn't really disguised well. 
we couldn't confuse a rookie quarterback as far as the things he was saying. That was the most comfortable I've seen Trevor Lawrence in the pocket all season. And aside from the sack that we got on, what, the second play of the game, the pressure was non-existent. As much as I love the first Buckner, he just can't be your leading sack guy. Like he, he and he's getting double teamed at at, at one of the highest rates in the league. Yes. Uh, interior guys, he just can't be your leading guy. You know, if you're constantly getting one on ones on the edge, you have to find a way to win. I do expect the pass rush to be better due to Quiddy Quiddy just taking that next step. But they have to. Ballard has to find an edge guy this year, and I know we're getting to in our season recap later on and in the next couple of weeks, we have plenty of time to get into what we need to do this off season, but it's all the things that worried me about this team reared this head in that game. And oh, that's how, that's how disasters happen, man. Yeah. I mean, just to talk about the like soft zone type defense. I mean, the issue for me isn't as much as hating the soft zone. It's just, because we saw at times how it could work. We, we did. Like, we saw what happens when you take away the big plays and you make them take chunk plays. Um, I've mentioned in the past that we, we saw great-wise against the Cardinals um, in that fourth quarter, just forcing the Cardinals to take the underneath things. Now, the problem of it is when you do not get any quarterback pressure, you're given a quarterback – all the time in the world to attack those soft zones. And we saw that on a lot of the third and longs. When you're not creating pressure, the soft zones just can't work, which is why I've said in the past, I do not hate Eberflus's system. At, like, I don't hate the system itself. I just don't like the system for the personnel that this defense has right now because it does not play to the strengths of it. I feel like you're putting the corners in positions where for them not to succeed at times and for them to look bad. And I thought – a lot of the soft zones really hurt rock last year, for example. Um, and then I also think it's just hurting these, the edge rushers a bit, because if they don't get pressure right away, a big play is going to happen. Like it's just going to, it's just going to happen because of how that defensive works out. Um, so do I think Iberflus could be successful elsewhere? I do. I think his system could work a lot of places and I think his system could work here. But if if Eberflus is going to be the defensive coordinator next year, which if I had to put like if a gun was to my head and I had to make a decision right now who I think is going to be the defensive coordinator next year, I'd probably say Eberflus because I'm assuming mm -hmm. he isn't a top seven candidate for head coaching jobs this year. Um, right now, there's seven jobs. I mean, more could open up as the week goes on. I think on. it's pretty much set. I think it's pretty much set. The, the only ones that are still like the Texans' job could open. Um, that would be eight if they do end up firing. Um, David Cauley, which they shouldn't, um, by the way. I mean, it's only been a year. I, I don't know if I would ever fire a coach in a year other than the Urban Meyer situation. He I was, was about dealt, to say. He, he, Cooley like was dealt the worst hand possible a head coach could walk into. I just think when you're taking over a job, I think it almost feels like to me that GMs get just so much more leeway when they get the job. I mean, how many GMs get fired in a year or two? But we, we, we see coaches get fired after two seasons all, all the time, like all the time. Um, the stats today after Joe Judge was fired, he was the third straight Giants coach to be fired after two or less seasons. Damn. Three straight. 
That's crazy. And, 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 that's and, and they, you can't expect to have continuity that way either. So then, but then it becomes a problem because so like all these guys that have been waiting for jobs and all these guys that are these top notch candidates, are you willing to take a job in New York right now? No, not if I waited. If I I don't, you can't mess that opportunity up. It's so precious. You want to handle it with care. You want to go into a situation that is kind of conducive to you. You don't want to just throw, rush out there and take the first job. That, and, that's and, and, and if you if you fumble that first job, you meant you don't know when your next one's going to be. Exactly. But but moral of the story, I just think for Flus to be successful in Indy, edge rushers have to be added. And I think Ballard knows that. And that's going to be the questions we hear on Friday. And we're going to hear him kind of jump into what he thinks of everybody. I mean, Frank Reich said in his last press conference that he's not going to evaluate players in his press conference. Ballard will. He showed us that in the last few years in this end of season press conference, he will be honest. He will be straight to the point on questions um, and players know it. The team knows it. Like this press conference will be the one where Colts fans, if you're listening, you want to listen into this Friday. Yeah. And We'll, we'll get into changes here in a minute, but moving on to Carson Wentz, what everybody wants to talk about. Man, Rashad, you remember when we sat here and I said I bought into Carson Wentz? Ha! Yeah. Guys, on board. I, I actually, I haven't put this on Twitter because I really just wanted to save it for the show. Mm-hmm. But man, I, I'm 100% off the ship i'm 100 percent off the ship i i can't i've had 100 100 100 the only possible way that i would rethink it is if ballard really got him some weapons now i want to see what can he do but all can i, year, can all, I play all, devil's advocate to your exact statement and you can keep talking about that okay so your statement that you just made is unless he got him weapons. Unless you, he got him weapons. They, yeah, you think they should move off him. So in your opinion, let's say they move off him because they don't get more weapons. What, what quarterback is coming in here and producing with the weapons that are currently in place? That's not me saying, that's not me saying you're wrong. That was, that's just like a little pushback to see. So, he, here's my thing. If you move off Carson Wentz, my thing don't try and go find the answer. Roll with what you have and get a high draft pick. Roll, roll with what you have as in Sam Ellinger? So, so tank? Did you, roll with – I mean, at this point, what, what other option name. do you have? Say, say his name, Michael. No, say, no, say, I'm not say saying his, that motherfucker's said, name. I'm not saying his you name. Said, you, said, you said roll with what you have. Say, say his, get say Jacob Eason back and roll with what you have. So, look. <laughs> At what point? Back. <laughs> um, I'm going to say, well, let's talk about the play first. Again, I'll repeat, I'm 100% off the ship. Every moment outside of one, every moment that we needed him to step up, he didn't. He didn't. And the play these last two weeks against the Raiders, against the Jaguars, going back and re-watching some games, his style of play, you could put him on last year's Buccaneers team. 
and that Buccaneers team does not win the Super Bowl. Carson Wentz holds the ball too long. Okay. For for whatever reason, I don't know. And I for for some reason, watching uh, Frank Reich's press conference, he is so frustrated with Carson. He is frustrated with Carson. In the bottom of my heart, watching Frank Reich talk about the quarterback, the passing game, everything inside me, every indication that Frank Reich gave is I've tried all year to show him teach him adjust him give him the answers to the test and he won't do it Naheem Hines came out and spoke we did everything wrong and he highlighted you know maybe we just didn't create a play or when a play was there we didn't hit it we didn't hit it aka Carson did not hit it Jeff Saturday comes out you need to move off him Dan Orlovsky comes out. Carson Wentz cost the Colts this game. Dwight Freeney is mentioning a quarterback change. T.Y. Hilton is liking pictures of Andrew Luck being missed in Indy. Carson Wentz needs to be gone. He has to. Frank Reich being so frustrated in yesterday's press conference gave everything that I needed to know. He tried so hard with Carson. He stuck his neck out for him. He banged on the table on Chris's desk for him and Carson let him down. Wait, Dustin. I mean, I, if you ask me where I'm at on it, if I had to make the decision, I, I would have Carson Wentz back next year. Um, I think there are things that definitely need to be put in place for him to be successful next year. Um, if I if I had to like label him as a quarterback in the NFL, I think he's a good enough guy. Um, I think he's a guy you can win with. You're not he's not a guy that you're going to win because of. Now I think there have been times this year where he's shined, and I think he his game put the Colts in position to win, even if they didn't. Um, I mean, earlier you said you didn't feel like he when he was needed he ever stepped up. I would say opposite in the Cardinals game. Um, I would say opposite, and uh, they didn't win. They didn't when win I said, this when game, I said. I when I said outside of one, that's what I meant, the Cardinals game. Okay, so then the Cardinals game won. Um, now, they didn't win this game that I'm going to say, but I think Carson Wentz's play against the Bucks was supreme. Um, I think the, inter- the interception that was thrown, I think you could almost blame Michael Pittman on. Yeah. Like very little attempt on the ball on that Zero game. Zero reason why he should have been out jumped. And, and the Bucks secondary is bad, I understand, but he was shredding the Bucks. He, like he was. He, he, he was had shred- 400 yards in the Baltimore game. I said, like, like in – in a game where they should have won. I mean, there was different things that happened. Frank Reich should have went for it on fourth on fourth down, most likely in that game. Um, the defense, if they could have gotten any stop on the last four drives, um, anything could have happened. But I guess my, my point is there have been high moments for Carson Wentz. I think if you had to give me a number out of 10 and I had to rate his entire season, I'd probably say like a six and a half just because his lows bring it down. But I'd say at his highs, he had some eight, some eight and a half type play this year at quarterback. I mean, I think Carson Wentz is good enough to win with. I think you have to go out and you have to get some receivers. Um, I don't think it's sustainable for just about any quarterback. I mean, earlier I said, how many quarterbacks could you bring in next year? And they produce with the weapons we have. And Rashad whispered. I don't know if everybody heard it, but he said Aaron Rodgers. Um, <laughs> but if you, but if, if you gave me a short list, I mean, how, how many guys could I say? I mean, Aaron Rodgers would be one. 
I wouldn't say a guy like Tom Brady could win with a roster with a weapons that depleted. Um, maybe a Russell Wilson. Um, may, like maybe if like no a Deshaun Watson was playable. Um, we have no idea like what his situation is playing wise in the next in the near future. But like the list is very short. Like moral actually, of the story, Mahomes. I, I didn't say his name earlier. I apologize. Like he's an obvious oh, one. Oh, you just going? I thought you was going out of quarterbacks that may be available. Well, I guess in general, that's what I was. Talking I actually about. have a question for y'all, real quick. Would y'all take Tua? No. Would I take Tua for what? <laughs> to do what with? Would you take Tua <laughs> as a backup quarterback? <laughs> Would you take a, a backup quarterback? Are you, are you are you asking if like we had to choose for Carson to start week one next year, Tua to start in Indianapolis yeah. week one next year? Yeah, I worded it very bad. Yes, that's what I was asking. <laughs> Most people would probably say Tua because of like the potential upside, but I still think Carson puts this team in position to win in a higher rate than Tua does. Too much Personally. too much underneath for Tua. I mean, we just saw we just saw Jacoby Brissett here. I mean, we saw what it looks like when you just have no big play. I mean, I liked Philip Rivers last year, but we saw what happens when an offense just can't hit the big plays. Like it's gonna end up hitting hurting you, even if you win games. Like the Colts won more games last year, but the offense was way more watchable this year with with Carson Wentz than last year. Like it just mm-hmm. it just it just, just was. Um, now there are issues with Carson that he's gonna that would have to be fixed, and it's not like a developmental thing. Like obviously he's going to be 29 next season i think um age wise by the next start of next year like he's like i think Car- uh michael said this on our spaces that we were doing is like this isn't a guy that's just going to keep developing like he's a vet like he is who he is but he has to get better at certain things he has to get better at taking the check down um which i think would delete the holding on to the ball too long because that's part of the reason is he's waiting on the big place to develop and we do not have the targets um outside of michael Pittman <laughs> to develop said plays I mean, yeah. a- Ashton Doolin got a couple just because he's fast. Like he's not a guy that's going to kill you with routes. Um, Zach Pascal is unplayable in the deep realm of of route running. Uh, Ty just lost a step. He had a few pl- big plays here and there that he would get, um, but I mean, Ty is up there. He's probably done. You you just have to have other guys that are going to work to Carson's strengths. But he that doesn't mean that Carson can just not take the underneath stuff. Like you you have to be willing to take some checkdowns, especially when you have guys like Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines that if you get the ball in their hands, a 10-yard yard catch can be a 70-yard catch to the house. Yeah. Rashad? Uh, I'm, I'm still on the caution train. Uh, just for – there's really no other clear upgrades that I see at this time right now. So, Realistic, at least. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, we're, we're not going to be in a – Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. If that I don't is know, Pat McAfee's his best friend, right? Oh Lord, we're not going to be in the <laughs> the Russell Wilson uh, sweepstakes. I don't believe that's just me personally. I don't think it'll happen in either one of those situations. His uh, wife Derek is a music Co- star, right? Russell Wilson. Yeah, she ain't yes. coming to Indianapolis. Nah, no. she's she's big Sierra, in Hollywood, is that her name? New York, yes. L.A. She works with Megan uh, the Stallion. She ain't coming to no L.A. or uh, Indy. Why would she? But yeah, man, right. I mean, I just mean it just won't make much sense like for them to do that, especially with where they're at in their career. Uh, Russ can probably go to one of those cities that he 
claim that he wants to go to. Uh, I know New Orleans was on the list. Uh, Chicago was on the list. Well, Chicago's out, of course. I think but the Saints was- are probably the perfect veteran quarterback option. If a, if a vet hits the market, actually, like a solid vet, and I had to rank teams to go to, I think New Orleans would be over anybody else just because of the offensive line and defensive play. They can add a few weapons, obviously, to help the vet out, but they have the structures that are the hardest to gain. Like, if a team needs an offensive line, that's tough to just go fix for a vet. Like the Steelers. The Steelers started four of five new starters this last year. Um, I, I believe three of the five had two or less seasons in the NFL experience, and it was bad. I was about to say that. And, and how did that work out for, for Big Ben? I mean, and Big Ben is uh, interesting anyway. I mean, like his play, like he, like he had some big plays here and there, and they're in the playoffs and we're not. So I guess I can't talk too poorly about him. Big uh, Ben's cooked, though. Let's not oh, get hey, it. Big, big Ben's bad. But I'm just saying in general, like if Aaron Rodgers hits the market, that, that's the big name everyone wants to see him go to is Pittsburgh. If you're Aaron Rodgers at this stage of your career, are you really going to go from a top five offensive line in Green Bay to that offensive line in Pittsburgh? No, I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. I see Denver before I see Pittsburgh. So when we talk upgrades at this point, I mean, when it comes to let, let me just stay on Carson here for a second. When I well, I'm not even done with my evaluation of him yet. We all do our own little personal evaluation of things. But my thing with Carson, you traded for this guy. Because you thought that he could be the guy that pulls you out of the mud in situations you needed him the absolute most. I've seen so many quarterbacks do it with less than Carson had this year. Regardless of how poor we think our receiving core outside of Michael Pittman is, there have been quarterbacks out there that did more with that exact same unit, maybe even worse than that unit. The times... The reason why Carson was brought here was to be that guy. Outside of one drive, one game, Carson failed you. And he proved he's not that guy. Now, again, if you get him an Ertz, if you get him other weapons that complement and can get open at a higher volume and rate, I'm open to it. I'll go into 2022 with an open mind and hoping for the best, pulling for Carson. But as of right now, no. And y'all point to it. Ravens game, Buccaneers game, he played great. Extraordinary. We didn't lose the game because of uh, the, we didn't lose the Baltimore or Tampa Bay game because of Carson. I think we really bought both of those because of the dumbass at left tackle. So, but other times, Tennessee, take the damn sack. Don't try and throw it to freaking Elijah Molden standing right there. Hey, hey, now. This is a hindsight thing. Now, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Even in the Jackson, even just in Jacksonville, Rush comes up, take the sack, and here he is trying to do another shovel pass, fumble, lost. He keeps trying to do too much in the worst spots and in the biggest times, in the biggest games. He did not deliver. He actually under-delivered. He underdid it, and I just watched Derek Carr just go on a four-game win streak and get the Raiders in the playoffs with much less than Carson has. Now, Derek Carr, Derek Carr is very good. I'm just, I don't know what tier I'd put Derek Carr in, 
But Derek Carr is a very good quarterback. In the this NFL. year, he's actually bumping up his stock. I mean, I think he's just very, like, he, he's been just very under, underappreciated since he got hurt after the MVP yep. caliber year he had. Yep. But, I mean, this is hindsight, what I'm going to say, going back to the Titans um, pick six to Elijah Molden. I don't know if Carson Wentz did it on purpose, but he could not take a safety. A safety ends the game there. So he had to get the ball out. It ends up being a pick six. And, again, I have no clue if in his head he made that decision because he knew he couldn't take a safety. Like, I don't know. Me and Carson don't talk like that, <laughs> um, believe it or not. Um, but they end up going to overtime because Carson doesn't take the safety. They I end hear, up losing. I hear you, and I actually agree with it, and it's a good argument. But my counter is when your name is Carson Wentz and you have the pass that you have, you don't get that benefit of the doubt. That's my only end. You make a great point, and I, I agree. I agree. There was a, I, you could call it a high IQ play. And I think if, at the time if he did it on purpose. Yeah. And <laughs> there's, I think, there's, a, there's an asterisk. There. And I think at the time, I can't remember who the announcers were, but I think one of the announcers actually mentioned that in real time on the TV and said, well, you know, if he didn't, then if he just took the safety, the game's over. So maybe he did it on purpose or something like that. I actually remember that. And I'll agree with that point. But I, I just think if you're Carson Wentz with the past that you've had, you don't just don't get that benefit of the doubt. And in a league where what have you done for me lately? I give him a whole bunch of credit for actually only throwing six interceptions. And I predicted him. I think it was 11 or 12 this year. I think he protected the ball at a high rate for him. But against Jacksonville, how do you underthrow Mo Ali Cox? How do you underthrow that? It's just that along with not just just not taking the deep what the defense gives you the defense is giving you an easy eight nine yards and what do we know about jonathan taylor and naheem hines give them the ball in space they can make anything happen and he didn't do that that's why naheem got hines got paid because philip rivers did that and it got us to the playoffs taking those little dink and dunks hey it got back to the playoffs it didn't get us there I'm just – Carson as a whole, I mean, I know you can say it was all but one game, but you can't say all in <clears> – <throat> all but one game if you're not going to mention the times he did play well in losses too. You know, those were big games as well. Tampa Bay was a big game against the defending champ where the defense let him down. Baltimore was a big game on primetime football when we were struggling at the time. And Carson throws for his career high, and the defense failed him, giving up, just completely shutting down in the fourth quarter. We all was there when it happened. So I think it goes hand in hand. Uh, I'm expecting him, if he is retained, I expect him to be much better in year two of the full offseason, um, being acclimated to, to the weapons, getting to know these guys, building a rapport, a rhythm. Uh, I think Chris Ballard has a responsibility to find him the best possible situation to to be able to succeed in and provide him with what he needs. Uh, hopefully, I don't know, man. At this point, I haven't even begun to process him not being here. I always thought this was a two-year project, and I'm still pretty much on that. So we'll see what Ballard gives us, what little nuggets Ballard drops Thursday or Friday to, and, and kind of hint to the direction that they'll be going. And we'll dissect it yeah. all. Trust and I know I already mentioned Frank Wright, but Chris Ballard does speak to the media on Thursday. You're listening to this on Wednesday, Wednesday night, or Thursday morning, whatever the case may be. 
But Jim Ursay did speak with Mike Chappell, and Mike Chappell wrote a column about it. And about as straightforward as I've ever heard Jim Ursay speak. We didn't have the pieces. Changes need to be made. Changes will be made. So when we talk changes, that's why I think Carson Wentz and Frank Reich was asked about this. Uh, I can't remember who. I think it was Joel Erickson who asked them, you know, is this at a regular rate at the the day of the season ending? Does Jim Mercer usually pull you guys in? And Frank didn't really give a straight answer. But the fact that they were called that that night, Frank Reich highlighted it as demanding. And when it comes to changes, I can't imagine this roster, you know, being constructed the same way it has been the last four years. I expect actually numerous assistant coaches being let go. First off, the number one person that needs to be let go is Brian Baker. He needs to be gone. Then, I, bet, I bet they're waiting to see about the flu stuff. Um, just because if Flus does leave and they do bring in an outside defensive coordinator, they'd probably let him hire his own staff anyway. So do you, so do you think right. they're so? <clears throat> do you think Ballard is kind of waiting for him to leave instead of just having to fire him? Oh, I don't think. The, like I said earlier, if you had, if I had, was to be asked, do I think like who do I think the defensive coordinator will be week one next year? I would say Eberflus because I don't think he'll get a job, and I don't think they'll fire him um, unless there's some pushing that I don't know about. Right. Um, I, I think it would take him having to get a head coaching job. Okay. Um, Brian no Baker. There's no way people flus get fired. That's just a way. Brian Baker needs to be the first to go. He needs to be gone. James Rowe, I would love to see him get up uh, promoted to passing game coordinator because Matt Eberflus clearly can't do it. James Rowe, help him out in that role if that's the case. Then you go to the offense. Evaluate Chris Strasser. Mike Grow. our receivers has taken a dump since you got here. T.Y., Zach, no one's been developing. No, they're not. Then you go to the quarterback coach, Milanovic. Carson's play, steady the same. He's gone. So you really think about it. I can't even think of. Oh, I can't think off the top of my head who our tight end coaches, but we can evaluate him too. There needs to be a boatload of evaluation going on because you you can't you there is no way you can preach standard accountability. What we preach for the Colts have that pathetic two game losing streak with everything on the line and bring the same guys back. You can't can't and i'll go on record right now if chris ballard does not fire matt eberflus i'm going to be officially officially placing chris ballard on the hot seat because you you cannot sit here and preach all this accountability what we expect from one another and look at the season you just had on deep miss me with all the turnovers fuck the turnovers we had one of the lowest forced punt ratios in the league on defense. I don't give a fuck about no turnovers. Darius Leonard was the reason for that, not Matt Eberflus. Coach Braganzi, the linebacker coach, was the reason for that, not Matt Eberflus. 
You cannot rely on this team to force punts. And to Destin's credit, he did mention in this game, you have to have a pass rush. He hasn't had that. Okay. So same thing with Carson. If we get some weapons, if we get some guys that can come in and force things and make things happen, I'll sit back and wait. Brian Baker's got to go though. I'll sit back and wait. I'll, I'll swallow my words. I'll sit back and wait on Eberflus. But as of right now, six game-winning, go-ahead, losing drives. He cost us. Trevor Lawrence was the most pathetic rookie quarterback all year, and he has his best game of the year against your defense, 12 for 12, nothing but completions all over the field. You cannot sit here and preach to us accountability standard when he has not met any of that. He hasn't. So I want to see change. I want to see accountability being made. I want to be see standards being raised. I, I don't give a damn about the Frank Reich even said, I thought we did good in the turnovers. Fuck the turn. I don't care about the turnovers. I want to know that our championship defense can go out there and force a team to quit on their drive. Man, let's mail it in, punt, let's regroup. That's what I want the defense to do. It just can't happen with him. Again, get some other weapons in, I'll sit back, but Brian Baker's ass got to go. I mean, I will not say screw the turnovers. I mean, like obviously you, you want to – be near the top of the league in that because if you are winning the turnover ratio nine times out of ten you're winning the game um we we saw times this year where we lost the game winning the turnover ratio and it was because of what mike was talking about and the lack of forcing punts now it's it's a hard place because so many people are putting i, I believe i've seen three teams have requested to interview Eberflus now i think it's only been two right chicago and jayville it, it might it might just be those two. Yeah, it, yeah it, you it, might be right. Just, yeah. So so Jacksonville and then the Bears have requested for Eberflus. Um again, so there's seven jobs currently. We'll see if the Texans job joins the ranks and we'll see if there's any shocking firings from here until after the Super Bowl when the season's technically over. But it's just hard for me to imagine Eberflus getting one of those jobs. And then if you fire a guy who's getting head coaching job offers or not offers, I should say, interviews. Um, it's just probably weird around the league um, looking-wise. I mean, I, I don't really care what the media says about the Colts, really. Like, I think they should go out and do what they think is best, whether it's criticized or not. If the team evaluates the team and Ballard thinks moving on from Wentz is the right decision, that's what they should do. Personally, I don't think they should think twice. They should do what they think they have to do and don't think about what the media is going to say about them losing the trade and how they trade it first. Um do what you think is best. Don't worry about the rest, basically, is what I'm saying. Like, make improvements where you feel like you need to. Don't worry about the outside noise. And I don't think they will. I think they have been pretty true that they'll do what they have to do. Now, I'm very interested for Friday because I think we'll hear a little bit more. Because if Jim Irsay lit a fire under Ballard and he lit a fire under Reich, we could see a little bit more of an aggressive offseason, whether that's moving wins or not, whether it's filling holes. Because, again, there's going to be multiple starting spots open. Even if you let every single free agent, in-house free agent, hit the market, you're not losing much. Um, <laughs> right. I mean, if we're being honest, looking down yeah. the list of in-house free agents this year, like there's some contributors, but no one that's going to 
We value those guys way more than the league does. I'm telling yeah. you, the rest oh, of the league. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's yeah. like it's not. It's nothing that's going to be too big of an issue if they walk. Is what I'm saying. So, if if multiple of those guys leave, there's going to be holes. I mean, you're looking into this year. Receiver two, you have to fill it. Receiver two yep. has to be filled this off season. Um, left tackle question mark if you're going to play prior or if they think Fisher's going to be healthier. Whatever options there are. Like you're gonna have to have a left tackle situation fixed out before week one of next year. That has to happen. Tight ends probably gonna have to happen if Jack Doyle retires. Um, you could make the argument um, that you probably need it still a cornerback one, unless you think Rock slide into that role and cornerback two um, for the future. I like Isaiah Rogers, but I just don't think it, it puts you in the best position to have him on the field every single down at corner outside. Um, you need a third safety. We saw that this year when Blackman goes down. Like, you have to have a more depth in that area, even though I really liked Odom's play. Um, and I think what they did with Sendejo was usable um, by not having him really have much coverage um, assignments. There's multiple spots on this team that are going to have to be filled, and I'm really interested to see. Because when I said receiver two earlier, it's probably receiver two and three. Yep. Because we well, have I mean- receiver fours and fives. That's the problem. But they're, 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 they're playing receiver two and threes. But you know, you know they're going to run running back with Paris. At, at, this is his contract year right here. I think this is yep. the last year on his deal, on his rookie deal. And they're probably going to give him a shot to be a, a wide receiver three. He could uh, be receiver four. I know, but you, this is the coach. They're not going to get aggressive and, and go get two guys. I, no way. It's no I way. would be – I would accept if even if they did one vet – even though I think they should go get two, just go get two immediate production guys there. That's what I would do. Obviously, I'm not in charge, and I don't know as much in the room, but that's what I would do. But I, I would accept if they drafted one, signed one. And Ballard has drafted a receiver every single season. Every, every right. single season, he has been a GM of the Colts. They have drafted a receiver. They will draft one, but he won't be a guy that come in and immediately be hired. Oh, yeah, a, a lot are day threes. A lot of That's them are day threes that are not here anymore. <laughs> Deion Kane. Doris Fountain. I do think yeah. they signed somebody, though. So, Michael Gallup, DJ Shark. There's a couple guys. I'm, so, like, I'm he, here's my thing, though. When it comes to – now, of course, I won't go as far as Rashad and say there's no way because I just haven't heard Ballard speak yet. We've heard from Reich. But we haven't heard from Ballard yet, and that's yeah, where I will get. Ask my, us next week. Yeah, ask us next week. Um, so I'm I'm gonna be all all ears Thursday. All I know is that I am sick and tired of hearing about standard accountability when I've seen none be handed out. Frank Reich said earlier this season he and um. He and Eberflus sat down for a while and talked and discussed, and we kind of saw Eberflus adjust how he coaches a, a defensive game a little bit, but it still, of course, was not good enough. So I need you need something. You just can't sit here and say, after this season, four Ballard, Reich, Wentz, Flus, you can't say all four of those come back even though we know two of them are already coming back i just can't convince myself that all four of them are coming back i can't i I really can't maybe it's just because i hold defense to apparently a much higher priority much higher standard than flus does i I don't know defense was a top 10 defense though 
that's that's why it's so hard to justify it. As it's just not. It's just not in the areas that Michael, and not just Michael. It's like I'm just saying the areas right. that Michael is speaking to that should be highest priority. Right. When we talk top ten, what, what what are we talking about in total scoring? Because I know it wasn't scoring. It's pro- I mean, I think the Colts defense probably still was top ten in score allowed this year. Scoring, I think they I think just cracked the top ten. I think I think they, they just, just cracked, cracked the top it. ten in all of them, even in um in, in DVOA. But but mostly t- when people say like they were a top ten defense last year, the stat that people are usually speaking about is points total allowed. Year. Points allowed, okay. Probably meant total yards. Yeah, it, when, it could be that as well, I guess. And here's here's what I say. When people want to come to me, and I actually had a couple of people DM me about, you know, why flu should stay. They keep bringing me all these numbers. They keep bringing me all these stats. And my counterpart is, go back to 323 left in the Tampa Bay game. See what, that, see what those stats do there. Go back to overtime against Baltimore in the fourth quarter against Baltimore. Show me those stats there. Show me Jacksonville. Show me those stats. Show me Tennessee. Show me those stats. I want to see those. When the money is on the line, I want to see those stats. And see, everyone wants to run away from that argument. They want to run away when I mention that. Miss me with DVOA. When we just gave up seven, six, go-ahead game-losing drives. I don't care about numbers. Because no number is going to justify six game-losing drives given up no number in history is ever going to justify that for me defense is just too much of a problem for me now when it comes to wins of course please just give me some weapons but now, i'm curious stat, to y'all. stats can lie stats can yeah. lie in positive ways stats can lie in negative ways in both yeah yeah, it's, like, yeah like, both. it's hard like you cannot use stats as your premier argument like that that's why i've always said if you did not watch what you were trying to argue about sports like I personally, and this might sound disrespectful to some people, um, but I just don't think you should talk about it. Like I, if, if, I, I do the same thing, bro. I don't count players I didn't see. If I didn't see you play, I don't. I don't rank you. I don't because that's, you that's can't why assess I, it properly. Which is why I do. Everyone's asked me so far, like for my initial, like top 20 prospects of the draft i'll be honest i have not watched as much as i feel is necessary to make that list um, there, there's some guys that i like um but if i made a top 20 list right now it would look very different from everybody else um because it would have a lot of the up top names but it would probably have some of my sleeper guys that i like just because i've watched a lot of them and i'm not to the point that i've watched enough of everyone to make those kind of lists yet and that's how i feel about stats and things like that like mm-hmm. people want to talk to me about how this defense um, ranks so well in certain areas. And we hear media members talk about the Colts and different here and that, but they don't watch. They don't they watch. Don't. So like, I, it's just not something that I'm going to put too much weight into. Like I said, I don't really care what the public of nature what the about the Colts is right now. I thought some of these memes that have been posted about the Colts <laughs> losing have been funny. Like I told you, I've, I've moved on into the Deserving. laughing about the pain almost. Like it's embarrassing, but like yeah. they deserve these funny things to be said about them. I thought some of Pittsburgh's tweets were hilarious. <laughs> Part of me really hopes Pittsburgh goes on a run in the playoffs just because of, me of how the scenario happened. Part of me I'm, does too. Just so it hurts the Colts a little bit more. Now, when next season comes, if there's not changes made, maybe I'll go back into anger. I just 
I trust the people that are in place. I trust Chris yeah. Ballard. I trust Frank Reich. Um, I trust that even if Eberflus is here and I'm not the biggest fan of his scheme, that they will do what is necessary to make his scheme work here. Um, so I think it'll all work out. I think this offseason will be very telling. Um, and hopefully it's one that is the most aggressive in the ten- in the Ballard tenure, but we'll see what happens. Uh, guys, we've talked about a lot in this episode. Yeah. We, we, we definitely have talked about a lot. We've voiced a lot of opinions. And I really think that our focus really needs to shift to Chris Ballard now. You know, wait till his press conference happens and we'll give you another episode and we'll dissect everything. I'm hoping for another hour long press conference because there's definitely things that need to be discussed. So I think we'll go ahead and table the discussions for this episode, guys. Unless Rashad, Destin, you'll have any closing remarks. Maybe, you know, a start a fire floose train or fire baker train or anything like that. We'll have a lot of time to get into all of this. It's not like we have a game to play, folks. Oh, that a lot hurt. of time. That we, we, we have a lot of time for answers to get made. I mean, Friday will be good. Uh, Friday will be good to hear from Ballard. And um, mm. I'm, I don't know if uh, you guys will be free, but maybe we can do a spaces just like as Ballard's press conference is going just to like talk about it. Or maybe it's right after Ballard's press conference. We can get a spaces on Twitter going that you guys can all jump in on and just – have a little talk session on because we'll know more. After oh, yeah. Thank talks. y'all for pulling up. Thank y'all for pulling up to this. Oh, yeah. It, it, yeah. I really, we really do appreciate it. The peak of that spaces after the Jaguars game, which was just a lot of pissed off fans, was 148 people. Um, I don't know if that's counting the speakers. Um, so if it's counting us, then 148 total. If it wasn't, I guess it's like 151. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, man. This was, a, this was a fun episode. And, you know, we talk about Hey, are these discussions tough? Imagine how tougher they are for Chris Ballard and Frank Reich. The last, hey, but it's all good, guys. Because guess it's what? All good. Off, off season talk is probably some of the most fun content you guys are going to get. Yep. Because you because there's going to be so many arguments on which receiver each of us thinks should happen. Um, we won't have to argue about Michael Pittman this this year. So me and Michael will have to have a, right. a, diff, a different um, big dispute all off season. Right. Um, My next but, dispute is. No, I'll think about it later. But anyway, my biggest dispute is still going to be. Never mind. We don't have to say that on air. Oh, um, my Lord. I, I think know what I he know what, to say. I think I, I know, know what he was going to say. I know what he was going to say. But, don't but even it'll, bring it'll, him up. It'll, 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 it'll be a fun off season. Yes. All right, oh guys. Well, that'll table it for this discussion again. I am waiting for Chris Ballard's comments just like we are. We could keep going here, but it's really just going to go in circles and we don't need to do that. So, guys, once again, if you are listening on YouTube, make sure to give us a subscribe, a like, a comment. It will truly help us out. And we do truly appreciate you guys engaging with us, watching us. Thank you so much, guys. So, again, he is Destin. He is Rashad. I am Michael. And you are listening to the Blue Stable Podcast, the official Colts podcast of Fan Sided. We'll see you there. And once again, fire floos. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.